Ag State of Mind, episode 84. Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now here's your host, Jason Meadows. To this week's episode of the Ag State of Mind podcast, a proud member of the Global Ag Network. I am your host, Jason Meadows. Have you ever had someone come onto your social media page and make outrageous claims about you and what you do? Uh, unfortunately, I had a situation like this come up a few weeks ago. Uh, an animal activist came to my Instagram page and made some ridiculous comments about me, about what I do, um, even went so far as to bring my family into it. Uh, and, you know, that's where I draw the line. Um, and afterward, my friend Marky Hagman reached out to me and she offered her support. And you know, that prompted me to have Marky back on the podcast to talk about how to handle these types of situations. She faces these situations pretty often with her page, Girls Eat Beef Too. And so we, we chat exclusively about animal activists today because that's what we both deal with. But I think the lessons that we have here that we talk about within this podcast can be applied to anyone with a presence on social media. Um, it was a very valuable conversation to have with Marky as she is an incredible asset to the industry and she's an incredible support and friend to me. And it was really cool to, I love it when people come back on the podcast for the second time or, um, you know, it's only been going so long. So there's only been the second time, but you know, for third times, you know, four times, multiple times coming back on the podcast, because I feel like that we can go a little bit deeper and that's the way this podcast works was with Marky. Uh, I love Marky. She's a great gal. Um, so excited. She just recently got engaged. So proud of her and happy for her and happy for her and her uh, little ranch operation that she's going. Um, you can find Marky online at Girls Eat Beef Too. Uh, before we get started here today, though, I would like to encourage all of you to go to check us out on Patreon. If you want to support the show, Patreon is a way you can support the show through donations, and I give a little bit back. I've been a little less active on there lately, but we are going to have a book club coming up very soon. Um, we're still in the works of what books we're going to read. I'm trying to push really hard for David Goggins' Can't Hurt Me uh, because I feel like it's time for me to read that book again. I think it's this will be the fourth time I read it, and I recommend it to everybody, and I think that's the book we're going to do starting in a couple of weeks. So um, if you would like to support the page and try to interact with us on a little bit deeper level, go join us on Patreon. I would really appreciate it. So, all right, here we go with my podcast with Marky Hagman. All right, Marky Hegman, thank you for coming back to the Ag State of Mind podcast. How are you doing? I'm good, and thank you for having me back. This is cool. This is the first time I've been like a return person on a podcast, so um, I'm excited to talk to you, That's cool. and I'm excited for the, the subject that we're talking about today. Yeah, like I think having people like come back to podcasts, that's, that's I've had, I've started that uh, having that kind of trend in the last, I don't know, a couple months. And that's a really cool experience when you get to talk to them for the second time or, or, or further past that, because there's more of a familiarity there and there's less of the introduction and whatever else. So yeah, that's, I think that's a really, I think it's a really cool thing that we're able to have these repeat conversations. 
Yeah. Well, and like, you know, a lot of the podcasts that I'm on, it's getting to know me and getting to know a lot of the foundation of who I am and like what mm-hmm. I do. But then now things like this, where we can kind of actually talk about specific things, it's nice because it's, you know, getting more into the weeds about certain things and not sure, so much yeah. stuff. So, but also I want yeah. to comment on, I just saw your shirt right now. It says pharmacist and I just, yeah, great <laughs> that cool? She doesn't have them in stock. And I looked on her website because I had some other friends who had them and are, are you know, our farm pharmacists and farmers too. And I tried to, but she doesn't, uh, Lazuli, Kylie uh, Lazuli, she's up in Alberta, Canada, and she's a pharmacist farmer. And she had this, I bought this, gosh, I've had it a while now. So I, I, I don't, I, it seems like I wear it a lot and I probably do because I like it so much. <laughs> It's cool. I like that. That Yeah, I thought it was pretty clever. So what we're talking about today is, so I had an experience a couple, well, now it's been probably a month ago where I have to use these terms really carefully, an animal rights activist, but I don't really think that's what they really are. They just want to bash agriculture and and especially animal agriculture folks, Uh, came onto my page, just found my page and said some really nasty things about me and what I do and which didn't bother as much, but they said something about me being a child abuser and it just how someone can attack their, your character like that is just beyond me and how they can do that. So and what I want to talk to you today, because you are very well versed in this and I want to talk to you about how the appropriate way to interact or, or maybe sometimes not interact or when to make that decision, how to, how to handle those situations. Well, and I remember you posting about that, Jason. And like, (laughs) I can't, I couldn't believe that someone would say something like that because like, I think I commented on that post saying they don't understand the weight of those words in, in Mm -hmm. today's society, accusing someone of something like that isn't lighthearted. It's not something where that's just, oh, I'm just going to brush that off because they're accusing you of something that's so awful and serious. And they're not thinking, oh, you know, maybe I, I need to reword that. Maybe I should actually target what my art, you know, instead of like calling you a child abuser, like actually having a good argument, right? Like they're attacking right. some. They're using a really bad form of argument when they should be, you know, having a discussion with you on something else. And I just think people, there are no more, like there aren't weight in words anymore. It's just like, we're just throwing things out at people now. And that's just a way for us to somehow fight or defend our opinions. And I think that that's an awful tactic. And I think that what they said was just not okay. But as far as like, you know, being able to learn how, you know, when to respond or not to respond, honestly, (laughs) I think some people really struggle with, should I respond to these comments? Should I like, you know, what should I do? And for me, I think I adjusted really well besides the one situation, which I'm sure we're going to talk about that happened to me recently, but I think I've adjusted well to, I'm just going to delete that comment. I'm going to delete that person because to me, like, I I don't want to sit there and waste my time or waste my energy or my, like risk my, my passion 
or, you know, I don't know, just risk my feelings on someone who is a stranger, who means nothing, and who isn't really actually affecting change of any kind. What their, their reasoning and their opinion on things is just as, you know, it holds just as much value as mine does, right? Because everyone has an opinion and I'm not going to sit there and waste my time on them because what are they really doing? If they, you know, had come to me in a, at a different angle or, you know, had done something differently, maybe they could have affected a little bit of change. But from like their point of view, from, you know, the aggressive comments or just something that's just so irrational, I, I'm not going to give them that time. So for me, I've just always been able to like, just know, like, I'm not going to waste my time on it. But I know that for a lot of people, that's hard. And being like, you know, in Masters of Beef Advocacy and top of the class, you know, a lot of people ask those things. Um, Animal Ag Alliance, the um, College Aggies Online or the Animal Ag Allies program, there are a lot of people in all those groups that I'm a part of on Facebook that they ask that same question, like, should I respond to this person or how should I respond to this person? And that's just, that's something that's a big challenge is being, you know, being an advocate online. That's a huge challenge for people. And I think that's a one big factor why people do not advocate on social media. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, you know, that was a big issue for me, I think, before I started getting more intentional with how I share and what I share and putting, you know, especially like for me, I love to share stuff with my kids and especially farm stuff with my kids and cattle stuff, 4-H stuff. But man, it, whenever that happens, that makes like, man, is it really worth it? And it's really scary that somebody can just come on. And, you know, I understand that it happened on Instagram, but these social media platforms are, uh, they are an open form, but that's your part of that open form, you know? So it's kind of like them coming to your space and just totally blasting you. And you said something like, that's a terrible way to start a conversation. And, you know, obviously that's not what the intent they have. I'm all for, and so are you, having someone come to these conversations and have legit questions, legit concerns about how we raise our animals and the lives that they have. And I'm all for those questions. I'm all for, I'm all for criticism too. Like I can, I can handle the criticism, but when it start, when it becomes something that you totally miss the mark, when you say animal abuse and then go take it to another level and say child abuse, that's offensive to me, obviously, but I think it's way more offensive to people who are actual victims of those things. And like, I just can't believe that someone would just hurl those things out. Like they don't mean anything Like you said that. Yeah. Well, and bringing up the fact that like, it's offensive to people who are actual victims of that. There was someone there. I can't remember who it was, but on Twitter, someone had posted about, you know, how activists sometimes call us rapists or something like that, mm -hmm. you know, because mm -hmm. we're breeding animals or AIing. And um, she commented and said, you can't, you have to think about actual rape victims and how they feel about your words. Like, 
there are farmers who have been rape victims. There are women in agriculture or men in agriculture who have been rape victims. And you're sitting there just throwing this around to people who, you know, might have actually been that victim and you don't know like what you're doing to them mentally by calling them that because how awful would it be to be living in that, you know, after experiencing something like rape and then having someone else call you that. And I, for me, emotionally, mentally, I don't know what I would do about that. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Like, wow. I've never even thought of it that way. So what if that person who gets called those things were actually a victim of those in the past? Wow. That, that, that brings a whole nother level to it. I never even thought of it that way. It's, it, it's way more complex. And that's the problem I think with people in general, like we don't think sometimes that our words really, we, we know that sometimes our words have an effect on someone negatively, but I don't think that we actually think about the complexity of it. We don't think about what are the actual implications of us, you know, saying these words because it's not, it's not just sticks and stones may break my bones, but words won't ever hurt me. Words hurt people. They do. <laughs> sure they do. And, you know, we can't just disregard that. And I, people just, it's like you said, how people come onto your page and it's like, that's your space. That's your home. That's your land. Right. They are, they don't have decency anymore about, well, I would say that most of my interactions that are a little bit tense on my page are actually pretty beneficial. I've had a lot more positive conversations that may have come from someone who was like, well, what about this? What about that? Versus people who are just attacking me. I have way more positives than negatives, but still there are people who just don't understand decency at all. Okay. So how do you like discern the difference then? So, uh, well, a big thing for me is what is the language they're using? Like, right. are, I, there was one post I made about sustainability and mm -hmm. I actually had a man comment on my post and he tagged some regenerative ag page. And I can't remember for the life of me what it was, but it was very like, they, they are very, uh, what's the word? Like concentrated regenerative ag, like very pro supportive and then against any other type of practice. And um, mm -hmm. this man tagged them in this post and said, this is the stupidest thing I've seen on the internet. And, you know, I, honestly, I, I try to like just brush those things off because he doesn't know me and he's just attacking a post. But mm -hmm. to me, I was like, well, that's not okay. And I can't, right. I'm not going to engage with you because you're, you just called me stupid. You just called my post stupid. You're tagging someone else in to, to try to team up and bully me about it. And so that one I deleted, I just threw that away. I was like, Nope, not talking to you, not allowing your friend to talk to me either. And so that's a big red flag. Anything where they're using, like when they're calling you a rapist or a murderer or, you know, anything where they're name calling, if they use really harsh, like language anyway, you know, even if it's curse words or something like that, I'm probably not going to react with them or, you know, react to them because they're, they're already in a weird headspace. They're probably angry. They, they probably don't know how to like process something in a way that we could have a healthy conversation. Usually the ones where I know that I'm okay is 
if someone asks a question and it's not sarcastic, mm-hmm. if they say something like, well, what about, I'm trying to think of my most recent question I had on my page and I don't know, I would probably have to pull it up. Like some people are just asking about like statistics on things or they're like, well, this is the, the statistic for the sustainability of this or something. And then when I know that they're confused about the actual information, then that's when I'm like, no, this is actually, you know, this source and they state this. So probably what you got your information from is, you know, either a generalization or it's something that's probably outdated or something like that. So I usually you can tell the difference most of the time, if anyone is not worth talking to, it's because they're using really harsh language or they're very sarcastic. They're not actually sitting there like wanting to, it's, I, I wouldn't say most people even want to learn anything, honestly, when they're commenting, they're probably wanting to be proven right. But you can tell when someone actually is able to have a mature discussion. Sometimes you don't know that until you respond to them. Sometimes you Mm. respond to them and you can respond to them in any type of way. And they will still, no matter what, they're still going to come back and they're going to be like really angry with you, or they're just going to, you know, just be sarcastic. Sarcasm is like the biggest thing. I think people, that's just their defense. Like they kind of get a little bit nasty about it. And so usually if I, if I'm on the fence, about someone being like, okay to talk to or not, I'm going to respond to them anyway. So that way other people can see that I'm handling it well. And then when they come back to me and they're, you know, being ridiculous or, you know, not reasonable, then they don't look good. I still look okay because I'm, you know, handling it maturely. And I'll say something like, well, you know, I'm sorry. This is how I think have a good day. I, you know, was hoping to have a good discussion. So you just have to, it's hard. And it's, I think it's just a lot of learning it, but uh, you know, the biggest red flag would be how their, their language is. And and they're usually their initial, their initial, how they start the conversation, because you want to be really careful with this because you don't want to just brush off anybody as not understanding or that you don't want to automatically assume somebody is trying to come after you because there are genuinely people who come to someone's, especially your social media page, to genuinely learn about beef and how it's produced. And we don't want to turn those people off, right? Because they're there and we don't want to give them because for the most part, the people who are wanting to know are potential consumers and if we don't have a, if we don't have that relationship with the consumer, then we don't have anyone to sell that end product to, you know, it's just general. That's how capitalism works. And it's, and I think we have to be as ag producers, we have to be very mindful of that in that sometimes people are just genuinely curious and they're coming to your page to seek out information but that doesn't mean that there's not going to be people who come there who are going to try to attack you so it's really important to try to discern the difference yeah yeah and and i think we have to remember too and i think sometimes it's hard for us to remember this but as producers 
we are also offering customer service. <laughs> we are wanting customers, especially if you're like selling direct to consumer, you know, you right. have to have that relationship. And which I, which part of me, this is another uh, tangent and maybe another argument for another day, but part of me wonders if a lot of people choose specific marketing tactics because that's their way to like build a false relationship with customers. Cause I know, I know some people who are like, this is how we market our beef, but I don't really think that way. Um, mm. And you know what? Do you, have an ex do you have an example of that? I I do. I don't know if I want to. Okay, I that's wonder, okay. I, I just don't want to okay. throw anyone under the bus because I Un honestly. Understand. I think that, no, I understand. As, yeah, as like a business, I think that that's, that's smart. I don't know. I wouldn't want to do that, but like. Hey, if that's what you're doing, sure, sure. Um, because yeah. they're actually, they're actually practicing that, but they just don't believe in it fully. So, but I do think that that's a way to create like a false relationship with someone, but like for someone like me who I just, I I'm genuinely going to try to create relationships with people. And so if, if that means that some people don't like my product because you know, I'm not offering what they want, then that's okay to me because I'm going to connect with the people who want my product anyway, but I'm still like, I'm still customer based. Well, yeah. Well, okay. I think we have to, and that's something else like I wrote down there because there's a lot of friction within the industry too, not just between the industry and consumers, but there's a lot of friction versus, um, you know, best practices in a lot of polarization within the industry, you know, uh, regenerative versus conventional grass fed versus grain fed that does a lot more. Having that contention does a lot more harm than good to whatever the, whatever your quote unquote side of that argument is. So I think it's important to have solid relationships with between producer and consumer, but it's, I think, just as important to have those conversations among the industry as well, no matter what your beliefs and what your believe the best practices are. Yep. And, you know, we're all human and we all have human reactions to things and so even I, sometimes I look at specific practices and I'm like, and it's not even the practice. I don't care about the practice. It's, I care about how the people are, this is a whole tangent, but how people are forcing that idea onto other producers. And I have the issue, I have an issue with that because to me, it's like, we're all trying to improve. We're all trying to get better. There's a space for all of us. And instead of marketing, there is a local market here who does talk a lot against grain fed beef. And for mm -hmm, me mm -hmm. being in the same area as them and I'm going to be grain fed, it makes me feel like I already have this stigma about my beef. And I already have, like I'm already starting lower than them because I, I can't be superior to that product. And so to me, that's where I hate that because I'm like, we could both exist very well in the same you know, local industry, but now I'm feeling, you know, that discouragement and that, that competition there simply because yeah. I have a mm -hmm. product. And so, <laughs> yeah. And that is really difficult. What people don't seem to understand is I believe that there's enough to go around, 
right. I believe that there is enough for, and that's why like fear-based marketing like that really bothers me because it makes you think that somehow something is more superior to one way versus the other. And, and that may be true. It may be true that one way is superior to the other. I'm not really sure. And I'm not sure if anybody really knows for sure on that. Uh, Diana Rogers talks a lot about that, um, that we don't really know which one is better uh, as far as I'm talking about grain fed versus grass mm-hmm. uh, finished. Uh, it, which one is is technically better for the environment or sustainability? To me, I think the big we should celebrate the win that people are just eating beef, no matter how it was fed or finished. And you know, because we're all different, we all have different preferences. We all care about different things when it comes to our food choices. And I think we need to celebrate those differences instead of let them divide us more. I, okay. I'm going to write that down because I love what you just said about we all have different preferences and we all care about different things about our food. And that, and I think that's great because yeah, like talk about diversity. Like let's, let's be in inclusive to everything. Even when it comes to our food, like let's let people be (laughs) let's let people do what they what they care about and I I, and I just think that that I I guess maybe to try to bring it back to like what our conversation was though like I think that you know people that are coming to our feeds and that are commenting they care about they care about something right and it's different from what we care about and we can still empathize and support that they care about something and vice versa without being at each other's throats, you know? And that's why a lot of my arguments are like, I don't care if you want to eat, if you're vegan or whatnot. I just don't want you to bash what I care about. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And because food is a very, it's a very emotional thing. And it's a very personal thing to people. People take it very personally and seriously. And when you start attacking someone's food choices, they be, they take that very much to heart. And I don't understand why we want to employ these fear-based tactics in people uh, when we should be celebrating celebrating those differences, but also celebrating that we do have things in common as well. Yeah, yes. And I think that's... The, the one thing that, um, you know, the beef is what's for dinner and like NBA and um, NCBA kind of do help promote and push is find that connection with the consumer. Find your, you know, wh- whatever you guys relate to or whatever, you know, you can build a relationship upon. And then that person, instead of just seeing you as this monster who eats grain fed beef, <laughs> you know, they're going to see you as this is a person who they actually share some ideals that I share, you know, that I have, and they just have a different preference. And I can celebrate that and support them and know that they're a good person. And 
you know, instead of yeah. attacking. <laughs> and that's the thing. That's the thing about it is we connect so much like, and it's not just in food, it's in everything. Whenever we have something that means a lot to us and anybody who differs from that in any way, we, we automatically, we've been conditioned to think that they're somehow a worse person than us or worse person than we would like to be or whatever. And that's just not the case. That's just not the case whatsoever. And we have to start to realize that, that our differences don't make us better or worse. They just simply make us different. And that's good. I mean, that's part of being a diverse culture is, is having those differences, but also being able to celebrate them instead of making them divide us. Yeah. And I, like, I just think, you know, and I, maybe people don't always share this idea with me, but if we were all the same, as far as like our preferences in beef, let's use that. Um, then the market would be way more competitive, you know, like all these niche markets that, that helps people be successful and exactly should want that. Like we should celebrate, talk about capitalism, (laughs) which I know. Exactly. No, no, no. I, I know. I know. Right. I mean, I I don't make many, I don't make any bones about it that I'm a pro-capitalist. Um, and maybe, you know, that turns somebody off about me. I don't know, which that's a different conversation (laughs) for a different time. But I mean, that's what makes capitalism vibrant is to have the ability to tailor yourself to those markets and, you know, not have everybody look the same and do the same. That creates a very stale, stagnant market, I believe. Being able to do things differently and uh, market yourself differently to your people, that's, that's a very valuable tool and we shouldn't want to take that away. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I totally agree with that. I think that, I think, I just think it's a good thing, but you know, we're humans again. Like that's, that's the problem is we are reactive and emotional sometimes Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. irrational ways. And I know that I definitely like with social media and, you know, advocating and dealing with activists on my page, I've definitely, I've definitely been that person. I've been reactive. I've been emotional and irrational. And that, you know, that's something that I've learned to kind of, I guess, improve upon. I've become better at it as I've experienced, you know, advocacy on social media. And that's just, you know, the whole learning how to handle activists on your page is a skill that you learn over time. It's not something that the right. first comment you have yep. is going to know what to do with it because people throw all these crazy things at you that you're like, what? Like, I don't even know how to respond to that. I mean, for the almost, for the most part, and I, I mean, I'm going to say almost every, all of it, those comments are more about them than they are about you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think pe- uh, people get to take those things a little bit. They, they take them personally. And they and I mean, for good reason, you know, especially if we go back to my, what we originally sparked this. And when someone calls me, you know, a proud father of four, a child abuser, you know, that hurts. But even though those words hurt, they were, they, they genuinely, genuinely were trying to just spark an emotional response for me and being able to just 
What I did is I blocked that person. I have no interactions with that person. And I don't have to think, I don't ever have to worry about that person coming onto my page again. And that provides me some comfort, some peace, and the ability to keep sharing my story without the fear of someone, of her coming back and doing that again. Um, And I think that's what people really have to understand is we do get, we do tend to get emotional and we tend, do tend to do knee jerk reactions and get pissed off at people and not just totally write them off. But sometimes that is the best thing to do is just to, to rid yourself of them. Anything toxic in your life, get away, get it away from you. Yes. And I think being an, um, an advocate on social media, we're playing the defense a lot. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you're playing defense, sometimes you are knee jerk reaction. Like you, that's just, you're protecting yourself and you're like, Whoa, like I, I can't have this. And so, you know, I think it's just learning how to, to maybe um, be more tactful with the response and learning yes. to just like let go. But, but I think more people need to realize we may, we need to define better what online bullying is because there are people who could fit that description who might be strangers on your page and they, you know, they aren't realizing that that's what that is, but that's what that is. And that's just not something that you have to be okay with. Like if someone is, you know, essentially bullying you online, then you, that's what they say with bullies. Like you just gotta like, as a teacher and like being a substitute on campus right now, like one of their big things um, that they tell their students is like, you know, talk, walk and stop. And it's like, you talk to the person and you tell them, I don't like that. And if they don't leave you alone, you walk away you leave them alone. And if they continue to, you know, bother you, you stop trying to interact with them and you go straight to the principal's office. And so I think it's just learning like how to handle that situation and how to handle bullies. And, and another thing too, with like things, you know, with comments and stuff, the way people are handling, you know, your page, your advocacy page, sometimes they're just doing it for the attention. Like you said, they're just commenting to get a rise out of you. So what you do is it's like with children, when they're acting out for attention, you ignore them, you know, Mm -hmm. in a healthy way. Like you ignore that that action because when, when you actually like react to it, that's when they're like, Oh, I, they, they feed off of that. And so, you know, and sometimes some people just don't know when to stop and that's really unhealthy and a toxic thing anyway. But some people are like, they're going to leave a comment and you, if you just ignore it, then it just goes away. Um, so they're, they're just, it's not, not black and white. There are definitely a lot of ways to handle that, you know, a, an activist on your page or someone on your page. That's just, being yeah right 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 well good stuff tonight marky um i appreciate your your ability to come on here and i'm gonna say it's like it is definitely funner the second time around when we get to actually get into some real like go down these rabbit holes a little bit and uh talk a little bit more in depth than instead of trying to check all the boxes on an initial interview i i do enjoy i mean not that i didn't enjoy the initial interview i did uh but this one like this one was a lot of fun and uh, i i i can tell like you and i have had more interaction 
together and that makes for a really great conversation. I think, and I think this is going to be helpful to people, um, on a lot of levels and help them understand, uh, the best way to deal with people who are <laughs> aggravating you online is just to, uh, if it's, if it's something that can, if it's something, if it's a conversation that can serve you, go ahead and have it. But if it's not, it's not worth the time or effort. Yeah. And, and I agree too. Like it, it's just nice because, you know, my initial interview was all about me. Right. And I think this is good because you and I are both being able to like talk about our views and have a conversation more so. So it is nice because I do like being able to like, not feel like I'm dominating a conversation. So um, yeah, this was fun, but I do want to say before we sure things. So the situation that I had back in February, literally the day after I got engaged, my, one of my posts on my girls eat beef two page was essentially taken over by vegan activists. Um, like literally it was shared into a vegan group and then they told their followers, mm. go attack this page, leave bad reviews. That was the first time I've ever experienced any type of like hostile takeover. I had thousands, not thousands, probably about a thousand comments on my, that post. It was bad because I went the whole day without knowing it because I couldn't be on my oh, phone. Yeah. I didn't get to it until later that evening. And at that point it was kind of, they tell you to go through and delete all the comments of anyone that's negative. Uh, you know, like any language that I told you earlier in the podcast, they, I couldn't do that because at that point I already had so many, I couldn't go through. I didn't, I wasn't going to spend the time. So I, I was like, that's not an option. Um, I can't delete all those people. I can't block all those people because it's a multi-step thing on Facebook. It's not just like click block. It's literally, you have to go, do you, are you sure you want to block them? Like, and so it was just like, mm, mm -hmm. I'm not going to do that for, you know, 800 people. Then they told me to do a couple other things before the actual um, decision that I came to. But on Facebook, like you can go through and you can put filters in for like filter words that you don't want to mm -hmm. allow. So that's an option. You can go through and change your country to just being like just USA. And that helps to filter mm -hmm. out a lot of comments too. Um, so people just don't see your posts from other countries. That's something that you want to do temporarily. And then later on you want to. Sure. Sure. That, which I need to do that. And then animal ag Alliance actually has an article, which I can probably give that to you, Jason. So maybe you can share it with this post. Yeah. Uh, sure, and they sure. sent that to me when I experienced this and Hannah did. And she said, use this, use these tactics. Um, if this happens again to you. So they have some bullet points in there of ways that you can, um, prevent that or kind of, uh, manage it. For me, it was more like damage control. And so what I did was I went through and I deleted that post. Mm -hmm. Now, my, sometimes it's just, that's the best thing to do if yeah. it gets too far out of hand. Yeah. And, and my Instagram page is where I, that, my Instagram page is what I focus on mostly. That's kind of my mm -hmm. um, driver for the page. So Facebook is more of an afterthought in that sense. So I knew deleting it off Facebook wasn't going to matter very much anyway, but um, on, uh, on Instagram, it was still there. So it wasn't a problem, but 
what I did was I just, I deleted it. And then later on I might post it again, but I didn't see any to honestly, it was a meme and it was, you know, I, I don't know. It was lighthearted. Anyway. Right. I'm like, ah, whatever. But isn't uh, that funny? Like the, the things they attack, it just like blows my mind. Yes. Yeah. And well, it was one about like, you know, all the time and money and effort and um, emotions and everything that we spend on our cows and, and cattle and people are like, you hate animals. You, you know, this awful. <laughs> yeah, so it was like one of those memes. It was like a Parks and Rec <laughs> reference. But um, uh-huh. anyway, so yeah, there are like for things like that, which a lot of people, when you're starting out, you don't have to really worry about the takeover by those people. But when you get to that point, which I've been, you know, I've only been doing this for a couple of years, but um, it's going to happen to you at some point. Then right. those are ways you can handle it. But yeah, otherwise, like everything we've talked about here, like I hope that it makes people not be afraid of advocacy. I hope that people understand that, you know, you can be, you can, you can be the best person in the world. You can help, you know, people in poor countries and you can be mother Teresa and they're still going to think you're evil and awful for your point of view. And yeah. You have to yeah. be okay with that. You have to just be like, this is my life, and exactly. this is my message, and this is my truth, you know, to be trendy about it. But you're, you're living your just, You're just not going to please everybody, yeah. and you will you will exhaust yourself in trying. So it's better to just be genuine, be yourself, show up the best you can as yourself, and then just, and if, if people don't like it, that's their problem, not yours. Yep, and just kill them with kindness, honestly. Like, be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Always be like, have a good day. I hope, you know, I hope we can have a better conversation later. I hope, you know, wished we could have had a better conversation. Have a great day. Like always be the bigger person. I can tell you in a lot of other ways in my life, I'm not the bigger person, but when it comes to advocacy, (laughs) I'm like, you know what? This is not, this is not something to like lose our brains over right now. We are different people and that's, what's going to happen. And that's what you're putting yourself out there. You're putting your words out there for people to interpret and people to you're vulnerable and that's okay. And that's something that is needed. People need to know the truth about things and how you feel because they're telling their their opinion anyway. So you might as well share yours. So I just hope that our conversation encourages people to jump into it rather than shy away we'd cut we it because yes because it's needed people need to know what is going on people need to hear it from the source because they're going to find information mm-hmm. that's the i think and i i would much rather it come from people like you and i than people who are uh putting falsehoods out there and it's so it's it's important for as many people as possible to tell the story in their own way but also have the tools to be able to do it um in a in a way that is going to be uh, helpful and sustainable for them yep yeah exactly yep so you mentioned your your page, Girls Eat Beef Too. Uh, it's a it's an incredible place for people. You know, I think you really you tell a story from like a beginning rancher's perspective, but you know, I find myself finding a lot of value in it on things I just don't know, and I I'm very thankful for it. And it's one of my favorite pages on I, I on Instagram. I like it on Instagram. 
I think that's like a very atypical thing for a man to like Instagram the best, but I do. And I don't know why I just, I enjoy it more than any other platform, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite pages. So, uh, thank you for it. And I, I appreciate all the work that you do and I appreciate your friendship. Yeah. Uh, gosh, I always, I, I love when people compliment me, but it just like means more coming from people that I've known for a while, like you, Jason, because you know, initially you might really like someone and then later on you're like, oh, I'm tired of their page. But I'm glad that like you're finding some joy in my page, especially because it's mostly just memes. But I try to be educational every <laughs> once in a while. Um, but I, like I do, that's my angle from this page. And, you know, we talked about this like in my first interview with you, but it's mm -hmm. about, it's for me, it's about um, showing people what it's like to be a beginner in this industry and a lot of things mm -hmm. that, you know, I, people who may have, you know, been doing this their whole lives or multi-generational, you know, they have their own challenges. And so they may not understand what it's like for, you know, my side of it, where my challenges are a little bit different. And so I just want it to be something where like beginner advocates, beginner ranchers, beginner people just find inspiration in it, knowing like, mm -hmm. I shouldn't be afraid of this just because I'm inexperienced or because I don't know everything. Because honestly, I've been trying to read things and learn things for years. And I'm learning more now in the past less than a year that I've had my heifers than I ever have mm -hmm. in, you know, mm -hmm. the years that I've been trying to read about it or read articles or, you know, take classes. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, there's no I education like real life. Yes. Yeah. And so, and that's what, like, you know, with activists and stuff, you're going to learn more by actually getting out there and doing it. So, you know, yep. that's just, um, you know, it, I'm, I'm really glad for our friendship too, because, you know, with your page, like your, your, you have like a niche market there mm -hmm. in the industry too, with social media advocacy. And like, I think that I love unique pages like that. And you've been able to mm -hmm. fill that hole, that void that's in the industry. So I just, I, I'm glad that you like my stuff because I like your stuff. And I just think that it, it great. It's full circle. Well, there's nothing like support from friends, right? That's uh, it's the best the, kind. It's the most important. Regardless of what you're yep. doing, support from people is the most important. Uh, unless it's yep. an activist, don't worry about it. Like <laughs> know where the support comes from. <laughs> Oh, cool. Well, great. Well, I appreciate it. I'll let you, uh, I'll let you get back and, uh, we'll have these conversations again and again. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Jason. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.